Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. What's going on? It's your boy Slim from the Barn Burner coming to you live courtesy of the Barn Burner Podcast Network. And myself, Chief, and Bro are coming with the next episode of the Backdoor Cut in which we're talking Grizz preseason. Um, Some trends we noticed, who looked good, and questions that still remain. And let me tell you, this preseason left me with more questions than answers. We also talk lineups and rotations before previewing the first week of the season, which starts Wednesday in Indiana against the Patriots. Um, All of that after I remind y'all to go to your local liquor store and buy a bottle of Blue Note bourbon. Blue Note is locally crafted in Memphis to honor the deep history of the Memphis blues. Um, And after after a few glasses, you may be singing the blues yourself. Um, It's a great gift for a housewarming party, uh, anniversary engagement party, all those types of things that you all may be encountering in your life. It's a premium small batch bourbon, so get this batch before it runs out. And remember to please drink responsibly. All right, another episode of the Backdoor Cut. We're here. We're back. We've been gone for a while. We missed you guys, and we're excited to be back talking basketball. In this episode, we're talking Grizzlies. I'm here with Slim, and I'm here with Professor, and I'm the Chief, and we're having a good damn time on the Barn Burner Podcast Network. We got some really exciting things going on right now at the barn, and I think I had to kick it to the professor to let us know what's up. What's up, what's man? What's up, Chief? How are you doing? I'm excellent, dude. Just looking forward to all the exciting stuff happening at the-barnburner.com. I know Slim is, too. Yeah, absolutely. So we've got a couple new contributors on the site, uh, Zach Thompson and Matt Durham. Uh, they're going to be helping us cover the Grizzlies this season, and they've already got a couple articles up, uh, one of them being three reasons why the Grizzlies will get back in the playoffs. Also, how Javon Carter fits into the grit and grind mold that the Grizzlies front office is trying to resurrect. And also, I've got a little uh, mini-series going right now after some crowdsourcing from Facebook, Reddit, those types of places on the Grizzlies Hall of Fame. So a lot of franchises, at least in baseball, I know, have Hall of Fames for, um, for their franchise, and Memphis doesn't have one, but who would be in there if we did have one? So the first guy uh, was a OG from the beginning of when the Grizzlies moved to Memphis, Pau Gasol. So he was the first first guy I focused on, and I'll have another one probably every week or so uh, during the season, just kind of highlighting those guys that have really made an impact on the team, kind of shaped the culture that is there, and you know helped the city. So uh, now let's kind of get into the preseason. Uh, Slim and Chief, what kind of things have you been seeing through your observations so far? Well, uh, two and four. You know, we played Houston twice, one of the best teams in the league, so you expect to lose to them. Um, We beat the Hawks, which was a good sign, and then we beat the Pacers, who uh, I believe Mike Conley didn't play that game, and maybe uh, Oladipo set out as well. Um, And then we had the real stinker down in Orlando, um, so all in all, you know, not a not a great preseason showing. Uh, the rebounding was poor. The revert to grit and grind didn't really look like it was there. The team finished 26th overall in uh, team defensive rating in the league, 27th in defensive rebounding, uh, 35th in defensive rebound percentage. That's worse than some of the you know the overseas teams that other some of these other NBA teams were playing. And we gave up too many second-chance points. So the good news is Mike and Chandler looked healthy. Um, you know, no major injuries as of right now, but things could have went better for us in the preseason. Yeah, one thing I was looking for was the lineups. And, of course, in preseason, you can never know what to expect uh, in terms of who's actually going to start, who's actually going to play, and, and, how, and what JB's rotations are going to be. But, man... He was like playing Rubik's Cube, it seemed like, with all the players. And I still, to to date, can't tell you who I think is going to be the starting lineup come Wednesday, the first official game of the season. And uh, usually, as the preseason goes along, the coach will will slowly but surely form the team that way. And and then as the last two games progress, you'll start to see those regular rotations in. But 
I didn't see that much of that anyway in the preseason. And of course, it is a shorter preseason uh, than it used to be. So, you know, I think three less games. So I, I was surprised to see that. And we really we will we'll probably get into the lineups for sure. But I wasn't impressed at all by most of the games. I watched them beat the shit out of the Hawks, which is a good sign. You want to beat bad teams. Uh, you know, if, if you beat the bad teams consistently, then you're going to end up with a decent record. At least you just can't lose to game teams like Orlando, like we did. We had a pretty terrible game. There's a lot of ball movement, uh, but I, I read this somewhere, but I feel like, man, there's a lot of ball movement just for ball movement's sake. And sometimes, like, yes, the, the ball should be moving, and sometimes it looks awesome and very Spursian, uh, like Greg Popovich is coaching us. But then other times it looks like, hey, maybe you just have, like, a direct layup and maybe you shouldn't do a cute pass just to say that you passed it, like, four times before the shot was taken. So, I mean, beyond the... Stats there. I didn't realize we were that terrible in defense. That's not a good sign, given the fact that we seem to have wanted to pivot back to that. But what was one thing we did well, Slim? Did you find anything uh, statistically that we excelled in, in terms of all the team's rankings in the preseason? Well, and and on that uh, poor defensive rating, we did play Houston twice, who we know is one of the best offensive teams in basketball. And so that could kind of skew the numbers a bit. Um, some bright spots, Shelvin Mack was sixth overall in the league in his assist to turnover ratio. And I really liked, uh, him when I saw him on the court, he could do a lot of things. So shout out to bro. I know, I know that's his boy. Um, he's when a sniper, Jamichael, man. <laughs> hey, he looked good. He, uh, can handle the ball and make plays. Him and Mike Conley seem to play well together. Um, uh, we were top 10 in free throw attempts uh, throughout the preseason. Jamichael Green, he was rebounding the ball well the first couple of games. I believe he got top five in def- defensive rebound percentage. And then um, Jaron Jackson played really well on the offensive end. Um, still gave up too many second-chance points defensively um, and isn't rebounding as well on the defensive end as we would like, but th- that, that'll that come with time and just experience, learning how to position himself and that type of stuff. And Ivan Rabb was uh, unexpectedly really good on the board, so if the team struggles early on with rebounding, that might be an avenue for Rabb to get some playing time. How are we going to score more? Because, I mean, we can't win any games scoring 80-something on the road like we did against the Magic, and that looked to be kind of a harbinger of maybe what's to come you know like you start looking at this team and seeing the way they play and that's always been the worry is that you know we got to be able to put up the points to ensure we can dig our heels in on defense but if we can't score enough then there's no way we're going to beat anybody well uh one thing is we got to get better defensively and we got to get stops and get some transition baskets um, with with this lineup, we're going to have some of those nights where we just come out and score like 76 points and get blown out. Um, we just don't have the offensive firepower that other teams have. So to answer your question, we have to get better defensively and limit second chance uh, opportunities and hope to get some easy baskets that way and then just be as efficient as possible on offense without turning the ball over because um, we also turn the ball over a lot this preseason. Mike looked good, man. Yeah, like I, I, that was one thing as far as the eye test goes. Uh, like you mentioned, him and Chandler did look good. And, and there's that sound bite of Chandler running down the court. Uh, I guess he, I think he like drove by someone and, and laid the ball in. And he said something like, he ain't seen me that fast in a while uh, to JB on the sidelines. And it was, it was a good moment. You could tell he was starting to get some of the confidence back and feeling good about his game. But they both look good and they both passed the eye test in terms of going full, you know, full speed the whole time and not playing timidly uh, at all and certainly look to be rounding around the form, which is good, man, because we haven't seen that in a long time. And without Mike Conley scoring 20 points a game, there's absolutely no way we're going to win any basketball games. What were you saying, bro? No, I was going to ask Slim about what he kind of thought about Parsons and how his assessment of him and how he looked out there. He still looks like he can't run. Like, I don't, I don't know if he'll never be able to run like a normal human being again, but he still kind of looks like a Terminator running out there like a robot trained to run like a person. Uh, but, you know, he, he, he wasn't as restricted anytime he shot the ball. It wasn't as flat as sometimes we see. His shot is just generally flat yeah. uh, regardless. But, it, you know, he, he, really, he really did look good. And he is, despite the fact he hasn't been on the court much the past few years, when he has been, especially last year, there were moments where you were like, wow, he can really help this team in terms of his playmaking 
he's another guy that can, he's a, uh, you know, he's a triple threat player. You can do, we can dribble pass and shoot and we just need another playmaker on the floor, especially that that can be a deep threat. So uh, I thought he looked, he looked good. If he can give us 20 minutes of great basketball and he's always a very cerebral, smart defender, he's, he's all of six eleven and or six ten. he's a big dude and he's long. So uh, if he can do that, then he'll be able to get easily 20 minutes if his, uh, if his knees can stand it. Played a back-to-back, too. That was, that was surprising. Rather than, you know, uh, sitting out that, that second game, we played him a little bit in the back-to-back. Got him mentally, I think, prepared to start playing those back-to-backs consistently. And I think he was excited to finally be able to do that, too. And maybe start to live up to some of that uh, Players Tribune stuff that, that he wrote to all the fans of Memphis. Yeah, and he shot 47% from three. So uh, it it was a great preseason by all accounts for Chandler Parsons. It's just going to be, you know, how long can he hold up? Can can he stay healthy? Um, Because last year when he played, you know, he was good. He's a smart, intelligent player. Um, Not going to make too many mistakes when when he's able to move. So, um, you know, it, it looks bright for this year. We'll see how long it lasts. Now, also, I wanted to give a quick shout out to the Ball Boy podcast. They gave us a shout out in their podcast, uh, I believe episode three. And, uh, and so we wanted to shout them out too. They're these two guys that, that are talking about the NBA in particular, the Grizzlies. And, uh, and it seems to be, this is this podcast Renaissance, man. All these people in town, blog boys are starting to talk about things that interest them, which is, is, is the more content, the better is what I say. So shout out to you guys. Yeah, coming out of the woodwork from everywhere. Yeah, man, if you, if, you know, we all, all got our SoundCloud accounts. Basically, we're about to become like as popular as SoundCloud rappers. Like, I think like the podcast movement is, is basically going that way. So uh, it's exciting times for Memphis fans. Hopefully we get a chance to listen to more of their stuff and, and maybe maybe we could do some uh, cross promotion and end up on each other's shows. So that should be a good time. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so today the Grizzlies actually released their uh, finalized roster after all the cuts uh, I don't really think that there were too many surprises on there. Uh, recently, I think last week, DJ Steffens finally got signed to his two-way, which you know people have been predicting for seems like three months at this point. But well, I was glad to see DJ finally get on there. I mean, he's just obviously a very exciting guy and can play both ends of the floor and get really get the energy up. So I'm really hoping to see him actually play in Memphis. Um, I know it'll probably sell some tickets down in South Haven. I will probably go down there just to watch him play at least once or twice, but really hope we get some time up at Memphis, you know, when maybe we're resting folks or once the injury bug starts to creep in. Man, I'm as big a Memphis Tiger fan uh, as anybody, but I'm, I'm, I'm not super hype on the DJ Steffens two way. If anything, because I look, I understand the business part of it. I understand he, he might be selling tickets in South Haven and that the more Memphis Tigers they can put on the roster down there, perhaps the more people will go to the games. And I get that. Like I, I, I understand the whole thing's a business. So fiscally it makes sense. But if the idea of a two way is to sign developmental players, players that can come up and play in NBA games and help you if you need them to, while also developing them down in South Haven, uh, I, I just don't see this as fitting that he's, 27 28 uh he you know he's never really been able to crack an nba team or really hasn't even played significant nba minutes he's spent most of his time overseas playing in the french league where he's had some success too i mean obviously he's an athletic phenom but i don't know like i i would have rather this spot been used for probably a big man um i mean i, I guess if ivan rab is healthy again but uh, we have some serious deficiencies i feel like uh in the front court and especially with rebounding as slim mentioned so um, all you know, all love to DJ, but it just seems to me to be maybe a little too gimmicky than you need. Uh, now, of course, he could you know come in and dunk the ball and excite the crowd and do all those things, and he might surprise me. But I, I mean, ultimately, I think DJ's DJ, and that's like a fringe NBA, likely overseas player that we signed purely because of his ties to the city, which understand, but you know, maybe not the best basketball decision. Do- but you know that's that's my yeah, opinion. Do we have anyone that we've really used from a two way contract so far? Kobe, I know, got some minutes when we were, you know, super injury riddled. But I'm trying to think of who who all have we had in the past few years on the two way. Well, they just started last year, so Kobe and, okay. and Vince Hunter they both played, and um, I I disagree with your t- your take, Chief. I, I don't think that the NBA team would sign a player to try to sell some $7 tickets to a South Haven game. Uh, I think 
and, and I understand what you're saying about a younger player, but they have that in Yuta. That's kind of their project. The chances of you hitting on both of your two-way players on young people is probably slim to none. So I'm not I'm not mad at them for getting someone who can step in when needed um, in some of these random games when we're faced with injuries and provide a spark, maybe a little bit of hope. Um, and he can rebound. I mean, he's he's one of the best rebounders on the team. He's an athletic freak. He can change the momentum of a game. We've seen it time and time again. So I, I think he'll be on the on the Grizzlies. Um, you know, as much as his two way contract will allow this this season. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope he succeeds. I just. I just don't. I just don't think it's necessarily the best decision. But I mean, I you know I understand. But both sides have totally reasonable points. But I probably just wouldn't have been the move that I made if I were in charge. Uh, but you did mention Yuta as the other two way. Yuta Watanabe, uh, the Japanese player from George Washington, and he is. Uh, he had a big preseason game. We didn't talk the Yuta game. Like guy came in. It was basically Kobe for like 10, 12 minutes, and uh, single handedly won. Not really single-handedly. I just want to just destroy this narrative here. But he did come in and hit a game, uh, a game tying three to send the game into overtime against the Pacers, uh, and then had some other big plays. You know, a couple of breakaway dunks, and you know it was exciting to see him get on and get some minutes and actually, you know, completely affect the game. So yeah, he is certainly more the project, and Yuta is sort of the type of player that I envision two ways to be occupied by. You know, not. 28 year old overseas guys like Yuta seems to me to be like kind of the archetype of a, of a player that you'd want in those spots but it's exciting to see and, and certainly he has uh he's doing both he's he's both a young prospect and he's also kind of bringing some media attention to the city with the Japanese uh all the Japanese market so that's uh that's exciting as well for the city and I don't really know which one's more important to the team, but uh, but it's exciting to see him doing both. Yeah, we all think and, about you. That's so far. Uh, that that's your business portion right there. That's where the sponsorship dollars will come in from um, for the Grizzlies team. I mean that that's that's where the Grizzlies make money compared to selling tickets to South Haven. So how does sponsorship dollars work? Like from a international market, a team pays you to, or a company pays you to put their logo on the on the scores table and, and all over the arena. I mean, there, there's Chinese uh, marketing ads throughout the FedEx forum several times uh, uh, every year. So th- this makes perfect sense that there's a huge NBA market in Asia. The NBA has really tapped into that market uh, ever since Yao came over and it's continued to grow. So um, that that's where the sponsorships are going to come from. I mean, I, I can remember just random uh, companies and I would see them on the on the scores table just flashing up and I'm like man that that whole sign's in Chinese and somebody would say yeah this game is being broadcast on NBA China um, you know that that's big money right there yeah yeah for sure I mean they're they're playing games overseas now the some of the preseason games we play international markets so NBA is certainly ahead of the curve in terms of marketing the the whole sport to other nations and you know other parts of the world so. That's that's cool to see. As far as you as a player, I, I really like his game. I mean, he's he's certainly slight of frame, but man, he can shoot and he can rebound and he can handle the ball. So and he's like six nine. What weirdly he's known for his defense. He was apparently uh, the defensive player of the year in college, uh, at least his senior year, if not another year. And apparently, like uh, led the led the conference in blocks. So that was a that was a, an interesting component of his game that I wouldn't have wouldn't have guessed based on just his frame and kind of makeup. Yeah. Ain't nobody tuning in to listen to us ramble on about Utah. So, uh, <laughs> professor, what's your projected starting lineup? When, come Wednesday Damn, night. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> we spent like five minutes talking about this guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So fucking ain't even watched a highlight of him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I guess the <laughs> spots two through four, are probably the question. So obviously you got Mike, He's going to start off a point. I think you. Well, no, hang on. I want to do. I want. I want to do. Max, we sorry. each give our. I'm just kidding. We each give our starting lineup. Our, what we think is going to be the actual starting oh. lineup, and then what we would want to be the starting lineup if we were JB Biggerstaff. Okay. So if if uh, I'll, I'll start. 
So I, I think the <laughs> damn. Uh, yeah, I can hear I can hear bro I can hear bro probably about to start making it right now and say uh, I, I, if I think what's actually going to be the case is that it's Mike uh, Gary Temple Chandler to Michael and Mark. Uh, what I would like to see is Mike Kyle Anderson Chandler Jared Jackson Jr. and Mark. Someone floated that lineup on. Twitter and it intrigued me and of course I haven't seen him play a minute of basketball no, I don't even they, know if they, they actually have they started that lineup in the final preseason game okay they did yeah I didn't get to watch that and uh, you know it, it's it sounds intriguing you got five essentially playmakers on the floor a couple of them you know well I mean four of the four of the five except for Kyle theoretically shoot threes uh, at, a, at a consistent and good rate and they can all handle the ball to some extent uh, and then I guess you kind of plug a little bit of rebounding with Jerry and Jackson on there. And Kyle Anderson's a pretty good rebounder for his size, but apparently they didn't, you know, then that leaves the, the second unit is pretty replete. Like essentially can't do anything, can't rebound the ball. And then maybe doesn't have the scoring punch outside of Marshawn that they need off the bench. So uh, that's kind of uh, some things I've been thinking about, but I think Gary Temple wins that shooting guard spot at first. Um, if anything, just cause he's kind of like a, a vet and he never makes any mistakes. He may not, you know, wow you or anything, but yeah, I think that's what, that's what I think is going to occur come Wednesday, the first game of the season. What do you think, bro? I'm allowed to go now. Cool. So I think that, uh, <laughs> it will be, Hey, on, man. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. Seriously. All right. So I, yeah, Mike, so Mike, I think that they will still, even though he had a pretty poor preseason, uh, I think Dylan Brooks is still going to start at the two. I think he'll, beat out temple just cause he's kind of the kind of the, was the fan favorite last year, like carried us through 20 win, whatever it was. But I think he'll still get in there squeak in with the two for now, at least. And they'll put Kyle Anderson in at the, uh, at the three. And I think they'll, they will start Jamichael. I'm pretty sure, uh, at least for the first few games until he proves that, um, Jaron until Jaron kind of takes that spot from him and then uh, Mark at the five. So what I would like to see is Mike pretty much, I guess the only difference on what I would like to see is I want like Jaron Jackson to start over Jermichael green. I think that they will still give green kind of the like grandfathered into the position for now and let Jaron go with the second unit. But I don't really think that's what we should do long-term. And I don't think that's going to last more than like, two or three weeks and then Jaron will, you know, assume his rightful place as the starting power forward. Yeah, chief, I, I think your uh, projected starting lineup of what it will be is right. Um, Mike Temple, Chandler, J Mike and Mark. I mean, that was kind of, so you think Chandler over Kyle, even though Kyle was theoretically brought in to be that, you know, that starting small four. I mean, Kyle ain't making $27 million a year. <laughs> like, what you mean brought in to be that small four? No, that's Chandler. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. The ghost of Chandler is, is who we got now, I mean, though. The, he's, we, he's, you know. He started every time the starter started this preseason. He might have started every game. I, I think it was very evident that, that they're going to start him and Jamichael when they're healthy. Um, and then I think Temple just gets that veteran veteran nod at the shooting guard. But um, I think my favorite lineup is going to be Mike, Marshawn, uh, Chandler, Kyle, and Mark. I think that's going to be a real fun lineup. Um, the lineup that they started against Houston in the last preseason game, the one that you mentioned, Chief, um, it, it was good. It was solid defensively. Um, but it was just missing something on offense. Like it was just, there was not enough speed or something. It was just missing some oomph. Um, but they did put Mike and Shelvin Mack in, and I think it was with Kyle Chandler and Mark and that they made a little run to get back in the game. And I really liked that lineup. Mike and Shelvin Mack looked to play well together, kind of like Mike and Harrison, but mm-hmm. Mac might be a little more well-rounded than Harrison. I hate to admit it right now, <laughs> but uh, I don't think we're done with Andrew Harrison. I just don't think he's going to start off in the rotation. So would you, uh, you're saying you would start Marshawn or you would just like to see when they all play together? I would like to see that be like the uh, closeout lineup. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, Is that depending on how Marshawn's played? Like if he, 
you know, if, he, if he's not playing well, then you, you still want to see him thrust in there? No, or, I mean, I mean, it's I, a game-by-game basis. I, I think he's the best scorer we got. So the first couple of weeks, Probably. he needs to be given every opportunity to kind of be, be in there in crunch time, it, you know, when we have games that are in crunch time. Um, what about Selden? We didn't mention Selden. Well, we didn't, we we think didn't mention Selden or Dylan Brooks. Uh, Selden, I thought, uh, outplayed Dylan Brooks pretty much across the board in Summer League. Dylan... Um, really didn't look anything like I think any of us expected coming out. He shot like 20% from three. He was averaging two turnovers a game. Um, just really wasn't what we were hoping to see, at least. Maybe we should have been expecting it, but pretty disappointing. Selden, on the other hand, he shot like 35 36% from three. Um, averaged about eight points a game. I think Dylan was around six. Um, so nothing great from either of them or Garrett Temple for that matter. So that's that's why I'm kind of hoping Marshawn gets every opportunity to get those minutes at shooting guard because we know he can score and we know this team needs someone to put the ball in the hoop. Yeah, I, I watched the Hawks game. I went to it uh, the first preseason game. Marshawn, that was kind of when he had probably his best preseason game. He just, it just looks easy to him, you know, like when he, when he has the ball, like w- w- twisting layup, some, you know, layup off the glass with some English, like just how Kyrie kind of makes the scoring look easy. Sometimes like Marshawn's obviously not Kyrie Irving, but he, it's easy to him, you know, and it, it's something he's familiar with. And he averaged like 37 a game in China uh, and he had like a 70 point game. So he won't certainly replicate that here, but it, it is, it is a good benefit to have a guy like that coming off the bench. And I really hope he can be good. And I really hope that the last last uh, season wasn't some sort of mirage or anything like that. So, gun to head, who do you think plays more minutes for the Memphis Grizzlies this season, barring injury, uh, Wayne Selden or Dylan Brooks? Probably Dylan Brooks. I, I think once he, I'm hoping that we still get the same Dylan Brooks that we had last year, and which was a great Dylan Brooks. You know, that was everything you could hope for from a second round draft pick. And Selden just so far has been, I know he's had the injury, but just kind of up and down. So I think that they will, the coaches will err on the side of consistency and giving Dylan more minutes there. Yeah, I got, I got to say Dylan as well. Yep, yep. That's uh, that's probably the case as well. I really want Selden to be good. He certainly has all the tools, you know, and when you see him when he's on, it's like, oh, this guy should be started starting shooting guard on like 10 different NBA teams. But I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's a combination of injuries too. I don't know what his like desire is or whatever. I have no idea. I, I don't, I, I really don't. He's like definitely an enigma, but um, certainly has the the physical tools and was a great player at, uh, at Kansas and, and had a great college career on a lot of big games. So should we move on to, to trends? I know one trend that's so we can't damn rebound. Oh, yeah. uh, what else have we seen? You know, what else have we seen from, the preseason games and you know what, what do we think is going to be a trend at least emerging at the beginning of the season could be positive it could be bad what do you think slim <laughs> uh, let me look for something positive right quick um, <laughs> well we were fifth in the league in opponent points in the paint um, so that's a good sign you know we weren't giving up too many easy buckets in the paint um, but again, that could be skewed because we were playing Houston, who likes to oh, shoot yeah. fifty-three pointers a game. <laughs> so, uh, right as far as far as good trends, that's about all I have. Um, and, and that the fact that we were top ten in free throw attempts per game, um, we're we're gonna have to manufacture points somehow. So, attacking and getting to the line is gonna be crucial. Um, you know, we don't need the, those fadeaways from Mark. Um, when he's down low, we need him taking it strong. Um, obviously, it's, there's always a good time for one of his sweet fadeaways, but sometimes he just gets kind of, you know, fadeaway happy and doesn't want to get touched and, and get to the line. Um, and we got to cut down turnovers, man. We just, you know, I know a lot of it came when the second units were playing. That kind of inflated the numbers. Um, but we we just can't score well enough as a team to have empty possessions where we don't even take a shot at the rim, you know? For sure, bro. Have you, you know, in researching kind of what happened in preseason and maybe seeing some stuff on Twitter, have you noticed anything or do you anticipate something continuing on into the season? I think what I would like to see um, is kind of some dual point guard lineups. 
kind of like Slim alluded to when Mike and Andrew had in the past, you know, last year and have got to play uh, both out there, you know, when Mike doesn't have to be the primary ball handler, that kind of frees him up because he's obviously has been one of our better three point shooters for the past several years. So just getting him some more off the ball shots um, from other guys that can drive. And obviously we picked up a boatload of guys who can handle the ball in the off season, which was we could have used those, you know, last time we were playing the Spurs in the playoffs and the few years before that, we really have not had too many ball handlers. Um, so I think that that'll be kind of an interesting thing for us to allow Mike to maybe not have to be the primary guy, but also, you know, get some more open shots uh, off the kick. That's what I'm hoping for at least. I'd like to know the stats on and you as the stats guy, bro, maybe, maybe you can determine this, but uh, I'd like to know what Mike's statistics are when he is off the ball. I don't even know. I guess you'd, you'd, you'd look for lineups in which there was a true point guard in, in addition to Mike, uh, and he'd kind of be playing that impromptu shooting guards. But I really like to see, you know, what his percentages are, like what his player efficiency is and all that sort of stuff. I, 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 I test says he's like great yeah, that, in that yeah, role. That's kind of mostly what I was going off of is, Right, but then, really, but then I don't know if he's guard, you know, then he's guarding like a shooting guard. Uh-huh. Mike is probably, or, or you know, if I guess if Andrew Harrison is in, he's tall enough to and, and a good good defender enough to guard like a James Harden or something. Um, you know, whoever whoever else would be in there, but you know, if you got Shelvin Mack and Mike in, that's a little undersized mm-hmm. probably. Yeah. But but they you know, if they look good, then they look good. You know, if if Mack's setting Mike up in spots to score. Uh, and you can play decent enough defense, then you're probably you take the the, the points over uh, over the slightly less good defense. Yeah, and even with Mac, you know his pretty consistent three point shooting, that'll be a great help. That they can kind of they can each take that role whichever way they need to in different situations. As opposed to, I mean, Andy, I don't have it in front of me, but I don't feel like he's the most consistent three point shooter. You know, we didn't really have anyone, so that's a pretty easy thing to say. When Mark, when Mark's right. your like leading three point shooter, it's probably not the best thing. I think my key observation uh, of this season is, I'm sorry, the preseason is I still don't know how the hell we're going to do this season. I mean, yeah. they're, they're literally, it, it seems like every turn I might become for a fleeting moment sure of myself on one particular thing. I think this team might do well, and then just the next second it's just dashed away because of some dumbass thing I saw in preseason. So I, I really don't know what to expect. And <laughs> I think the only thing's consistent is how in, inconsistent we've looked in, in, uh, in the preseason. So I, I don't know, but what were you about to say, Slim? Uh, well, after that, I'm going to say I wouldn't get my hopes up too high. Um, but on the, uh, so if the lineup is, um, Jamichael in the starting lineup and not Jaron, um, and no matter who we got a shooting guard, we assume that Jaron is going to come in and hold down the center position. Uh, he'll probably come in and play some four and then eventually slide to hold down the five. Who do you guys see getting minutes at that backup four role? Do you think they're going to go to Caspi? It seemed to be that way in preseason. Uh, Caspi came in a lot. He played a lot of four and five, like a lot of surprising minutes in the games that I watched at least. Uh, but he, well, he's only on a one-year deal, right? Oh, I don't know. Probably. I think that's right. Yeah, I think he's on a one-year deal. But uh, Ivan Rab, maybe. Yeah. I mean, he, he has shown glimpses. but And that's theoretically his his natural position is that four. Um, I don't know. I think, like, the front court's certainly an area of critique. And I think we're going to expect Jaron to. And that's why maybe I'm not super worried about it. But I think we're expecting Trey J to soak up a lot of minutes, both in, you know, kind of a the main lineup and then the, the secondary lineup is as a, as a big man, just like playing the four or five combo and, and doing all of those things. So hopefully he doesn't get into his characteristic foul trouble, but Caspi's probably going to have to play some depending on the foul trouble that Jaron's in. Do you think Caspi plays over Ivan? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I mean, Caspi can hit the three. He's, I, I wasn't terribly impressed with him, but you know, he can, He's like a colorable NBA player, I guess. So I've been told. So I don't, I don't know, man. Like I, I don't like that at all. I don't like the the trouble we might find ourselves in if you know any of those guys get into a little bit of foul trouble. But I see, I mean, obviously, Jermichael and Jaren soaking up a lot of those minutes at sort of playing the four or five, depending on you know which lineups are working that night. Yeah, and I, I think that we. 
could even slide Chandler down to the four if we're kind of playing a little smaller because he's you know he's a smart defender so he can kind of and he's not the fastest guy at this point so that might give him an opportunity to kind of you know not have to be out on the perimeter maybe get exposed by some quicker guys but you know I think I heard somewhere that that was potentially an option for our lineup or shit Kyle like you mentioned Slim uh you know that there Kyle was in the one of the lineups at, at four and you said that I think you said that you watched that and that, that, that was that what was that your favorite lineup or one of your desired yeah, lineups? Yeah, yeah, that was a good lineup. Um, so who who do you think is the odd man out between Marshawn Brooks, Dylan Brooks, and Wayne Selden? And Wayne Selden, and then we we would assume that uh, Harrison and Carter are kind of at the end of the bench and won't won't get a call until injuries. But Harrison Harrison may be in the rotation. Who knows? You never know with him. He's like. He's like a damn cockroach. He know, he don't ever go away. <laughs> he really shows up all the time. Yeah, I mean, hey, uh, but he can hoop, man. I'm a fan. So. <laughs> you're, I know you're 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 Andy Harrison fan, but you did just compare him to a cockroach. Hey, because he don't die. He don't go away, man. <laughs> that's, that's, that's respect, man. That's, that's respect. <laughs> so I think what you said that order is probably the order. I mean, I think it's Marshawn, Dylan, Selden, and then with Andy and and uh, and Carter kind of just rounding out that last end of the bench. But I think that you can play Marshawn with either Selden or Dylan because Dylan played a lot of well, minutes I mean, we're, we're at small forward. To. We're going right, to right, 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 right. But so I, I'm just saying I don't know if Marshawn really takes either of their minutes like directly. So I, I, I don't I, I don't necessarily think it's like Marshawn over Dylan as much as like Dylan over Selden or Sel- or Selden over Dylan, but. I, I well, guess I mean, I, I'm somebody taking somebody's minutes because <laughs> somebody's not going to get to play. <laughs> yeah, but what's the so what's the second unit? Do you think? Uh, Mac, Marshawn, um, then I guess Dylan, Caspi, and Jaron. Right. So so, so Dylan off. takes Selden's minutes there, like directly. So that's why that's what I'm saying. Like I think that Dylan's probably over Selden. How do you think Garrett Temple it, like will soak up the majority of the minutes like in the in that two three role? Uh, do you think who do you think is going to average the most minutes out of all of those guys between Temple, Selden, Marshawn, and Dylan? And and we're assume, we're assuming in this scenario probably that Kyle and Chandler, well they're at the three and four, but shit, I don't know, man. I don't know who's going to play. This it's rotation. like putting together a damn puzzle, man, because yeah. we haven't seen anything consistent. That's what I'm saying. It's, yeah, it's really difficult to to make a call, but I guess like well, shooting I think it's difficult because no one has done well yeah. enough to right. earn yeah. minutes. There's you know, no, you can't champion anyone yet between any of them. Yet. It's not like we have too much talent on our hands. We just got a bunch of like yeah. Uh, yeah. that that we can't decide who who's the wor- lesser of the two evils. You know. I guess I would say if I can get in like last season, Dylan, then he would be that, you know, he would, he would get those minutes. But if we get preseason Dylan, then I'm all for the Wayne Selden experiment uh, more. So, you know, to, for, to give him maybe a, a few more minutes and Dylan and seeing if he, we, he can start developing some, some consistency, but we, we just don't know. I mean, we just don't know which, what we're going to get from either of those guys. So certainly Selden has the higher ceiling but the lower floor at this point, and it's just like, it's one of those, it's one of those kind of judgment calls. And of course we're not seeing practice, so I don't know how they're playing in practice or I don't know what their personalities are. I don't know if maybe if they're both liked equally by the rest of the team, I have no idea, but it's, it's going to be tough and very interesting to see what JB does. What do y'all think? Yeah, I think that there's really, it's kind of hard to, it's hard to call right now, especially because we only have some games where they were experimenting pretty much. So I think the first like the first three four weeks of the season will really have a good feel for who is who's in and who's out um, for the coaching staff, which I'm pretty excited about. It starts this week, you guys can't believe it. Woo! It's exciting, man. Oh, I miss basketball so much. I know. Yeah, Wednesday. Um, so before we get into the weekly schedule, you guys want to have a surprise impact player? One guy you think that is going to step up this year and just give us that lift we need? I don't think it's surprising. I mean, I think Trey J has already shown, Jaron Jackson Jr., of course, the fourth overall pick, has already shown, despite the fact that we all hated him on that Phantom podcast that doesn't may or may not exist. Uh, you know, I think that he has shown his 
surprisingly to me anyway, has shown a, a pretty good arsenal of offensive skills and ability to score. And not only ability, but want, desire. He'll, he'll post up, he'll call for the ball, he'll make his move. Uh, he's been very surprising in that regard. So I think he'll have a surprising offensive impact this season immediately as a 19-year-old, which is exactly what you want to see from your lottery pick after a season of hell like last season. What do y'all think? I think I'm sticking with Sheldon Mack for the reasons, the aforementioned reasons about his ability to, <laughs> to, to play dual point guard threat with Mike Conley. And I don't know if you guys know this, but he was the assist leader for the Magic last year. So that's a pretty big deal. Ooh, yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Slim did, oh, I don't shit. know if Slim knew that. Maybe, yeah, Lucky maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just dime after dime season. after dime, bro. Let me go get my season tickets now. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I, I got. I can't decide between two players, so I'm just going to say two. I think uh, Chandler Parsons will surprise a lot of people who may have written him off. Um, you know, as long as he can stay on the court, um, then he's he's going to be he's going to be a good player. Obviously, not what he w- once was, but. He's shooting the cover off the ball in preseason, and he looks looks really good. And then my other one is uh, Marshawn Brooks. I think he's going to prove that he belongs in the NBA and can be a, a top-level scorer off the bench and kind of provide that six-man uh, giddy-up teams need. So hopefully uh, they can stay healthy and it works out for us as we head into the season. Yep, so get really quickly, uh, kind of go through a preview of next week. Don't We, we don't have too much to talk about with these teams because all they've had is preseason, but uh, we open up the season. So NBA opens up on Tuesday night. The Grizzlies' first game is Wednesday at the Pacers, tipping off at 6 Central time. So the Pacers were 2-2 two and two in the preseason with wins over the Rockets and Cavs, and then they lost to us and the Bulls and – they have had, you know, not too much has changed from their roster. The most notable difference uh, is that Lance Stevenson obviously is now with the Lakers, which, you know, that should be a whole exciting thing to observe. But they got Tyreek Evans from, you know, picked him up from us. And then Aaron Holiday was their first round draft pick. Uh, point guard out of UCLA. He shot over 40% from three in college and also ha- averaged half a dozen assists. So, you could look to him to probably get some pretty good minutes and make an impact for them. Uh, what do you guys think about the Pacers? Uh, it seems like they're kind of a pretty well-rounded team. You know, not – they got – obviously Oladipo is a really strong player, uh, super improved from two years ago. All-star. Yeah, all-star. And then um, Sabonis, Miles Turner, Bogdanovich, you know, they just kind of got all – kind of – like us, we just have a lot of decent players, not necessarily you know all stars. So, how, what do you guys feel is a key matchup for uh, our game against the Pacers? Uh, I mean, trying to stop all the depot, um, keeping Miles Turner, Thaddeus Young, Young Sabonis off the ba- off the boards. Uh, this is a really good rebounding team. They were top five in the preseason, um, and you know I've harped on it enough where where we ranked. Um, is, is Bogdanovich hurt? Do do you guys know? I I feel I can't remember. We just had a fantasy draft, and I feel like he was he might have had some type of minor medical thing. Um, so he might not be there, which would be a good thing because he can he can really play. I like it, his game. Uh, he can shoot the ball. He moves around well, and he's kind of tough on defense. So then they got Darren, Darren Collison at the point. He's always steady. Um, Sabonis averaged 15 and 12 in the preseason and Ooh. shot 50% from three. Yikes. Uh, so he, he, mm. he, uh, he was tearing it up in the preseason, and I think he could present a matchup problem for us, um, especially if he's coming off the bench. Um, so I, I think the Pacers are going to be one of the top, probably the top four teams in the Eastern Conference and battling for home court all year. They remind me of the kind of, the, I guess, the Jazz more so than us. You know, they got an all-talent and an old depot similar to uh, Spider. So, and then they got just a bunch of good NBA players. And they kind of have a, they have an identity, I guess. They just, they're just a well-rounded team. And Old Depot and then and Sabonis, too, have kind of reinvented their bodies there. It must have a good strength and conditioning program because we've seen Sabonis put on some weight and, and kind of round out his physical form. And Old Depot sort of reinvented himself to be that super athletic high flyer that he was in, in Indiana. So, 
uh, yeah, they'll be a, they'll be a tough team, man. I mean, this is a time where on a, on, you know, a road game, first game of the season where you can, teams are going to start to try to establish themselves and how they're going to play. So this will be a good test for us to go ahead and establish that defensive first identity and, you know, try to prevent them, their scores in old Depot and Tyreek from, from getting a lot of points and, uh, and starting to, to dig in on that end of the floor. So we'll see. And I, I don't know. It's a tough game to start your season on, on the road there at a, at a good East team. But uh, so I won't hold my breath, but yeah, uh, they, they got Corey Joseph too, uh, Dougie McBuckets. And I mean, Tyreek was great last year when he was playing before his kind of the hiatus or whatever. So that, that one scares me, man. Who, who do you think uh, gets the call on, on Oladipo to start the game? And then who, who gets matched up with Tyreek when he comes in? I think uh, Oladipo probably is going to be guarded by Garrett Temple. If Garrett Temple does start, I don't love that defensive matchup. I mean, I think Oladipo is much quicker uh, and better than Garrett Temple, but uh, yeah, that's like naturally how it'll happen uh, off the bench. Uh, I really don't love Shelvin Mack on Tyreek. I think Tyreek gets 30 on Mack, but I don't know. That's going to be tough, man. And maybe a Dylan Brooks. Yeah, if, Dylan, uh, or, Dylan plays off the bench. Harrison, maybe. Kyle. Could he, he could get some. Yeah, Kyle, maybe. Yeah, Kyle Anderson, too. Because I mean, Kyle Anderson is certainly a. He has long arms and pretty good instincts on steals. I was, I don't know. Uh, that's going to be a tough game. Like just, we've said it. It's really, really terrible game to start your season on. Yeah, it's a funky matchup. And then, yeah, Sabonis really, really bothers me. Uh, you know, coming off the bench. I mean, they took the Cavs to seven games last season. You know, without Sabonis being what he is, at least in the preseason, and without Tyreek. So you know, they're good, well coached, good team good for them. You know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, luckily we have the first uh, the home opener on Friday uh, is against the Atlanta Hawks, uh, wildly heralded to be the the bottom dweller, yeah. shittiest team in the league. So, Shout out to the NBA man for that 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 home opener against the Hawks. Yeah, man, setting us up with the game we should win, build some excitement around town. Appreciate that, man. <laughs> yeah. Shout out Silver. I, you got to assume that there's like three teams that we should beat in the entire NBA, like the Magic, the Hawks, and what the Suns, the oh, Kings, I guess. Mavericks, Wait maybe. a second now. So, so you, you uh, walking no, back not those Mavericks. predictions? You you walking back those predictions? Three teams. Wait, we no, which be. predictions? Uh, no, no, no the, not in the playoffs. The, just like teams that if you match us up against, we should like beat. We could we should win that game. Not necessarily okay. that we'll be like ranked ahead of them in the West. But okay. yeah, yeah. Well, hold, hold, yeah, yeah. Hold on there, dude. Wait, who sucks in the East? Uh, I mean Atlanta, Orlando. Yeah, oh yeah, Atlanta's. Brooklyn. Oh yeah, should I? For some reason, I forgot Orlando and uh, the Hawks New were in York these. without KP. Yeah, they got Kevin Knox though, dude. That's your boy. Yeah, they still won't be good though. Yeah, I, I, so the Hawks, you know, we should win that game. Trey Young's going to get a million shots, and their team is really weird, man. Like that that game sucked. It was really annoying to watch it. But you know, one thing that I love watching the Hawks. I love the fact that I get to look at Kent Bazemore and be really glad that we didn't sign Kent Bazemore because he is, ugh. and he, he got paid on that summer that everyone got paid. And I remember he was a wing that, you know, we were looking at signing. Uh, and then I remember people were mad when we didn't, uh, I guess, dangle a certain amount of money in front of him or whatever. But yeah, that was, we, uh, we were lucky because he is every, th- every bit of mediocre. Uh, he shoots 40% from three. Last year, I mean, he plays on the Hawks. Who knows how good he is? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, fucking basketball hill for two, three years now. Yeah, I just he just doesn't look good. He didn't look good in the preseason game, and I, he hasn't done anything that's eye popped since he signed that deal. So, although we did sign Chandler, so you know yeah. what, what are you going to do? You know what, are you what scares do? me about the Hawks is they have some bigger guys: uh, John Collins, Alex Lynn, Dwayne Deadman, who probably won't be ready. Uh, DeAndre Bembry, then Torrey and Prince, who can crash the board. Mm-hmm. So they might they might be a good um, offensive rebounding and defensive rebounding team. So um, hopefully Jamichael is back for that game and has a big game on the boards like he did in the preseason. I think he had something like thirteen and nine. He flirted with the double double. So we're definitely going to have to keep those big guys off the boards because they're just going to let Trey chuck it and uh, you know kind of rebound and maybe <laughs> maybe score some points that way. Yeah, Vince Carter's on the Hawks too. So that would be like it's always cool to see Vince still still kicking in the league, yeah. man. 
Yeah, he got an ovation at the preseason game from the the crowd that was there, so that was yeah. cool. And he, you could tell he always appreciates that. Yeah, he deserves that. All right, so we expect the Grizz to be one and one uh, after after this week. I think that's yeah. fair. Can't argue that. That ain't bad. <laughs> Five hundred. We'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> How many do we need? What What was the uh, was forty seven wins with the West? Uh, the eight seed in the West last year. Is that correct? Do you guys know off the top of your head? No, no, it was like forty three. Oh, so uh, so one going yeah. five hundred is pretty close to where we need to be. Yeah, yeah, pretty close to where we need to be to get swept. But you know, this is oh. like a, a situation where we don't want to give up that pick, uh, or we do want to give it up this yeah. season. You know, so we want to be as good as possible, so that way the pick is as as not good as possible, but also isn't within that top eight. Uh, so if anything, we're playing for that kind of a weird circumstance because of downside Jeff Green. Uh, well, but you know, I mean, such as like, I, I, I think we're, this team is definitely playing to to make the playoffs. I'm just for sure. I'm I'm just not sure we have the players to do that. You know, you, you always said Mike and Mark would get you 50 wins alone. Um, obviously, I don't think that's the case heading heading into the season right now um, with the surrounding players that they have. So uh, I think we'll be hard pressed to to win half our games, to win 42 games with what I've seen from the preseason and just the roster makeup in general. I hope I'm wrong. I, I want to, you know, I I hope uh, Dylan Brooks hoops. I hope Marshawn Brooks earns a big contract. Uh, I hope Caspi, you know, doesn't suck. I hope. Yeah, same, I, same TBH. Uh, you, you know, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I hope we can put it together. I hope we find a starting lineup that works and a bench bench uh, unit that can rebound and score some points, put up some numbers in a hurry, but we'll see. The, Never the discredit number. the uh, the Jamichael Green possible trade, you know, some sort of package with Jamichael at some point during the season. Not that that would bring us some sort of huge return, but could get us some sort of weird player that we didn't anticipate that could yeah. change sort of the prospect of the team. Maybe Jamichael and Wayne or somebody like that or Marshawn if they're hooping to a contender that, that might need, need a couple pieces. Um, so we'll see. I mean, anything is possible. I, I don't think this is the – roster we will see at the end of the season by any means right well, all right boys we got any more uh closing thoughts before we hang it up tonight just Ooh, tough tough loss for the memphis uh tigers football oh, yeah. team man against ucf mm. uh a, gr- a good effort should have won that game you know two two fumbles cost them uh 31 30 just just a tough loss um the team is is has been right there against U- ucf and navy and and they had the stinker down at Tulane, but the talent's there. They just got to kind of learn how to win. So don't give up on them yet. Keep uh, keep supporting those Tigers. Yep, and you can find Go more content. Uh, Slim wrote a piece, you know, pre- game preview and recap for the UCF game, as well as all the other football games. Uh, go follow us on Twitter, the underscore Barnburner. Uh, you can search us on Instagram and Facebook at Barnburner Blog. So, we're out there. We're on covering all the uh, social media platforms. So we appreciate your support. Yeah. Shout out to the fans and uh, basketball is back boys. The bread and butter is finally here and we're excited to cover it. I can't wait. Well, I guess we got to have a tiger hoops podcast in the next couple of weeks. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. We'll have Isaac on for that from rivals. Uh, and that'll be fun. Talk some recruiting and how good Penny Hardaway is going to be. We don't know yet. So we shall see. All right, boys. Have a good night. All right. Holler at y'all. Peace out.